Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to church. And uh, let me start off by saying happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out here. Uh, something all of us have uh, as a mother. Um, we have a couple of announcements before we get going. Uh, first one is an important one. It's about, uh, uh, about giving, and it's, uh, <laughs> which is, makes it important. Uh, we have changed the email address that you send if you do e-transfers for giving. It is now giving at pgpentecostal.com. Uh, it works exactly the same as the old one. Uh, it's directly deposited into the church bank account. Uh, there's no other things. It's just a new email. Uh, I think the old one will be working for about a month. If you don't remember this one, you can still use the old one for the next month. And then after June, it's going to be uh, stopped after May. Uh, there's also another giving thing. Uh, I don't think any, it's not very commonly used, uh, but through Planning Center, you have the ability to text to give. And Planning Center has discontinued that option. So if that's something you did use in the past, it's no longer available. Uh, nothing we've done, that's, a, that's through the, the Planning Center group. And uh, next is, uh, we got a nice email from Ralph and Carrie. I think some of it's going to be coming up on the screen here. Uh, thanking us for uh, their time here. Uh, they felt very blessed to be part of our congregation for the last few months. And as much as we uh, were blessed by their presence, they did such a great job leading us. Uh, they, they felt blessed in return, so that's great. And lastly is uh, next Sunday evening, we're having a special worship service in the evening. Uh, so plan to be a part of that. It's uh, just worship. Uh, do you have any more details that you need to know? It's up on the screen, praise and worship. There you go. And that's all I know about that, actually. So I'm going to come just like you guys and see what happens. So anyways, let's open our service of word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Rushing wind blow through this temple, blowing out the dust within. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, you just uh, just be with us tonight, this morning, as we uh, enter in this worship service, and and Holy Spirit, that you come and blow through this building and uh, just uh, touch each one of us who's here. And uh, I just pray your blessing upon us and uh, be with the worship leaders as they lead us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in Jesus you're free? Like, mm, so good. Um, yeah, it's good to be together this morning, church. And uh, we love that you're here. And we love that our kids are here. And we want to invest in them and respect their need to, like, learn differently than us. So we're going to dismiss them to Children's Church. So if you have kids up to the age of grade five, you can go and sign them in downstairs um, and then come back <laughs> and join us up here. Uh, unless you really want to volunteer, then we will get you the paperwork. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Jason and the team, Lord, that they have led us to worship you this morning in spirit and truth. 
And God, I thank you that as we open your word, that you will speak to us. God, that your word is true always, that you keep your promises, and that you desire to see us grow and become more like Jesus. So, Lord, just help us to do that this morning. Help us to be challenged, to be encouraged, to be lifted up, to to just desire to be more like you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that in Christ we're free. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, so uh, in January, that's like quite a while now, like the time is flying, but in January we started this series in 1 Corinthians, and so that's where we're going to land today, 1 Corinthians. Um, And Pastor Ralph and I had been preaching back and forth in it. Uh, We even spent some time in there regarding communion and Easter, Uh, and then as he was wrapping up his time here as interim pastor, we kind of got away from that so he could share some things he felt God was leading him to uh, speak over us as he's learned about us as a local church. Um, but I want to head, head back that way uh, for this morning. So you can open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12, uh, and then we're going to read through from there. So just as a body, though one, has many parts, But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So like I said, it's been a little bit since we dove in to this letter, and so just a little refresher on like the context of which this is written, because that's really important. If you're following along, you would know that Corinth was like a state city. So it was big, it was busy, it was in southern Greece, and it was prominent and wealthy because of its dual port location. But because of its location, it was also very multicultural. There were a lot of like little G gods, uh, and some of the top three that were worshipped was Aphrodite, the goddess of love, Asclepius, the god of healing, and Isis, the Egyptian 
uh, goddess of seafarers. Um, and so you kind of see this like love, healing, and almost wealth, right? Like the port brought money. So those were things that they worshipped and loved. Um, but they also were marked by ideals of individualism, equality, freedom, and distrust of authority. And if you've been following along, you would maybe remember. Um, and so Paul goes there on his missionary journey, his second one, uh, roughly three years prior, and plants this church. And later on, he writes a letter to address several issues uh, that were plaguing that church. And then this morning, uh, although we're looking at unity and diversity in the body, um, this text that we're looking at lands in kind of like a bigger section. So it kind of starts in chapter 11 where it's talking about like appropriate behavior and worship. Uh, church services at time were like fairly chaotic and not in a good way. Uh, last week we showed like the bus on the trip to YG and many of you are overwhelmed by anxiety because of the amount of chaos that was on the bus. That was good chaos, okay? Like students were loving Jesus because of it, but the chaos that was taking place in their services was quite the opposite. It was a lot of um, class versus class and, and stuff like that. And so what happens is he moves into chapter 12 and continues uh, then to talk about the need for diversity in spiritual gifts because he needed to correct the belief that spiritual maturity or uh, certain spiritual gifts were more spectacular or more important than others. Um, and Paul's like, mm, absolutely not. And we'll unpack that here in a sec. Uh, and then in chapter 13, if you go home and feel like continuing on in this journey, you'll actually see Paul talk about it doesn't matter what spiritual gifts God has given you if you don't do them in love, right? So we have this whole section uh, of things going on, but our text lands right in the middle. And so I just kind of want you to keep that in mind as we roll through. Um, but the first off, one thing I wanted to point out right from our text as the get-go is that God uses diversity to create unity, okay? It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit, whether Jew, Gentile, slave, or free, and we all drink from the same spirit. Even so, the body is made up of many parts. So unity, I think we have this distorted idea often of unity. Unity is not being the same as your neighbor. That would be uniformity, which is quite the opposite of diversity, isn't it? Uh, but unity is coming together with all of our differences or as different people and individuals with the same goal or purpose in mind. And so as Christians, we have been given the same goal the same purpose, like we have the same great command and great commission through Jesus. There's only one gospel message. And I'm just going to read both of them because I think it's good to remind ourselves of what those are that we're unified under. I like the way that Mark documents Jesus' teaching about the greatest command. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater command than these. And the Great Commission is found at the end of Matthew 28, 
It says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, do what? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So it's through this message of the gospel that we're unified. And we, we have this thing that's happening in our society today, and it's super uh, prevalent even on social media. Uh, we seem to start be like surrounding ourselves uh, in echo chambers. We want someone to just reaffirm the things we think and believe and do, and that's good. We should come to church on Sunday morning and, you know, stand in the truth and encourage one another in, in what God has to say. But we actually also need to surround ourselves with people who love Jesus but are different from us. Now, diversity for diversity's sake is not the end goal, okay? Like, we can't just pursue diversity and think we're doing it right. But if we're following Jesus and loving people the way that he calls us to, diversity will be a natural consequence or outflow of living this way and therefore can be used as a marker of spiritual health within the church. And I, I look to Revelation 7 9 when it really captures the heart of it, this. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Like, let's not wait to live into the blessing that diversity brings until the day of the Lord. But we can make room for each other now. I'm actually often encouraged by this local church. Um, I think that we do have a heart for people who are different from ourselves, and I wanted to encourage you guys in that. And I would also say that this isn't just about people within this local church, because it is. It's about each individual local church. But it also extends to the global church. Like, as long as we agree on the things <laughs> that matter the most, like, Jesus and salvation and, and the big message of the Bible, it's okay if we kind of don't agree on everything else because the end goal is the same. We want to see people come to know the Lord. So like the Alliance Church across the street from us is loving and reaching people, and we're on the same team. And so it's okay that there's a little bit of diversity within the city and within the global church. We just have to remember like, hey, we're all trying to share this gospel message, this great command, this great commission. And so when we have the chance to rub shoulders with brothers and sisters who maybe, you know, I don't know, I don't want to give away any of our differences, <laughs> but whether it's like infant baptism or speaking in tongues or women in ministry, like there are just things that we differ on and that's okay because we love the Lord and we're spirit-filled believers and our goal is to reach our city for the lost. Amen? The second is this. Comparison will rob you of your God-given purpose. The text is this. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop 
being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? Again, there are many parts, but one body. The imagery that Paul uses here is very fitting. Like if you look at your own self, (laughs) right? You are one created being made of many parts. Like you're a human, (laughs) not an organ, right? So if all the pieces of you that were the same or would be the same, you wouldn't get very far, right? Like no organ on its own is useful or can sustain life. If we have organ transplants, like they have to put them in a special place or transport them or, or use them within a certain time frame or they just die. And so instead, you need your hands, you need your heart, you need your feet, your kidneys, your blood, so on. I could list all of the pieces or whatever, but that's, ain't nobody got time for that. We want Mother's Day brunch, don't we? And so our livers don't look to our eyes and wish to be something else. Our liver just performs as our liver. And so why should we look to others in the church who have been gifted differently with different spiritual gifts and desire what they have? Like God knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So I believe that, yes, this applies to serving people and loving people around you, like in your workplace, your home, your neighborhood, but also to building up the local church within the body. Paul doesn't just say if we try hard enough or pray hard enough, we can change what we are or what our giftings are. Ignoring your gifting from God doesn't make them go away. He literally said, Just because you don't want to be a hand doesn't mean you're not going to be a hand. You still belong to the body as a hand, right? So whether we like it or not, some of us have been called belly buttons, and we might as well just, like, lean into it and live in it, right? Like, I know, you thought I'd go somewhere else. I didn't. I said belly button. But seriously, John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And so if Satan can convince you that your gift doesn't matter to the local church, then he's successfully robbed this body or any other local church of that vital function. So don't let it be you. Like, listen to me when I say this. You belong here. You belong here. And not because we want to see what we can get out of you, right? That's not it. We're not going to force you to, like, use your gifting, but God has placed you here so that you can serve the church, build up the believers so that we can be a light in the community, and what you have to offer matters. Paul makes it very clear that no gifting or part of the body is greater than one another. He says, on the contrary, the parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable, right? And so we need each other, and we have something to offer, no matter how small it may seem to you. You don't actually know the whole story. God knows the whole story. And so I would encourage you, use your gift as an act of worship to God. 
and just trust him that he will be faithful in how he uses that. Some of you might actually not know your spiritual gifts. I would encourage you, like, talk to myself or someone else who's maybe been a Christian for a long time. There's lots of ways for us to help you, like, learn that and lean into that and train in that, right? And then the opposite is quite true as well. Some of you are very aware of your spiritual gifts, um, and maybe we need to, like, repent of our uh, perceived greater importance and start serving in humility or maybe we need to start serving even if things aren't the quality or caliber that we think they should be in order for us to be a vital part of the team, right? Like, it's true. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like, but if I'm a part of that, it's, it's not that good right now. And, like, that might be a little embarrassing for me. And then people will know. And, man, just get involved. Not because it's about you, but because it's about the body. And you belong here. Encourage one another. Build one another up. And the last part is this. We both suffer and rejoice together. He goes on to say that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And then further on it says if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This idea of like interdependence uh, was countercultural back then and is very countercultural now. We want to like reach autonomy. And like, okay, first of all, if you have adult children, I know you want them to grow up and be autonomous and independent, and that's not a bad thing. But we also, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? Like, that's good, that's good. But we need to learn to be interdependent. We actually already are, we just don't recognize it or want to recognize it. We actually need each other. And this is like uncomfortable because if I need someone, then maybe I'm weak or I have to be vulnerable, right? Like it opens you up. But as a church, we're called to do life together. And so that's even given here in this idea of the body. A uh, couple weeks ago now, <laughs> I was bit by a spider. It was really weird. I didn't put any pictures on the slideshow, I promise. But it was very small, and it was just on the inside of the bottom of my one foot. And within 12 hours, you know, like I got bit that night, uh, and the next morning it was infected. Uh, and the following two hours, like, it's now moving up my foot, <laughs> and, and I had to go see the doctor. And so had I just ignored this part of my body that was suffering or ill or sick or hurting, like, it would have continued to then impact my entire body, right? Like, I had to take antibiotics, which also impacted my entire bio body, um, to heal or make right the infection that was in my foot. And so I think it would be fair to say that like right now, if I'm being honest, it feels like there's a lot of like life going on lately. Like we are finally in a season where we're like openly gathering. We've got like a new pastor coming and we're super jacked about that. Um, and the way that the spirit has been moving in the services and things are falling into place. Uh, 
and yet just feels like life is still happening. All the lows and the highs outside and inside of these walls. For me and for you, like I know that many of you are just going through life, right? Like dealing with the stuff. And I'm going to be honest, if you're dealing with the stuff, then we're all dealing with the stuff. And the best thing we can do is come alongside you and pray for you. That's great. We need prayer. But we can also, like, practically support you. I know that we've done meals. Maybe you don't need a meal. Maybe you need a babysitter for an hour. Maybe, you know, maybe you need someone to come and rake your lawn. Maybe you just need someone to help you, point you in the right direction of where to get help. Or just listen. But we suffer and rejoice together. And so the same is true on the flip side. Just because some of us are going through, like, the stuff that feels heavy and is heavy doesn't mean that at the same time we can't rejoice with those of you who are, like, experiencing the highs of life, right? Those, like, mountaintop moments. Because it's not one or the other. It's and both. And so we can do both at the same time. That's the tension of living in a broken world but understanding the hope that we have in Christ. I don't have a long message this morning. That's honestly it. You and I make up the body of Christ, and we got to live into that. But before Jason comes up, and uh, we're going to end in a bit of a celebratory song, just feel like it's an encouraging kind of Sunday, um, I do have one final announcement, and I saved it to the end on purpose. Um, every Mother's Day, the Hope for Women Pregnancy Center uh, begins their baby bottle fundraiser. And they do that all the way until Father's Day. And what happens is you sign out a baby bottle, and there's a little slip inside, and you can choose to like donate a certain amount, uh, whether on your credit card or put cash or change. Uh, and you just bring that bottle back at the end of roughly a month. Uh, and we give that to them and hope that it blesses them. But it's been a really heavy week and a really crazy week when it comes to the topic of abortion. And so normally we would just like be like, hey, like this is what they're doing uh, and this is what their method or importance is in our community. But it doesn't feel that easy this year. And here's the thing. We know that God <laughs> is the author and sustainer of life right? But I would encourage you that as Christians, we don't just stand on issues. We walk with people, okay? So in order to walk with people, we need to be more concerned about positioning ourselves to listen and love our neighbor than to just promote policy. And so what the Hope for Women's Center does is exactly that. They listen they educate, they support both women and men, maybe women. And then they do post-abortion counseling because people do make this decision. There are people in our local church who have probably made that decision. And we don't want to say shame on you. We want to say Jesus sees you and he loves you and he forgives you and there's life in him. Okay? So I would encourage you to go see Deb Coupe after the service and sign out a bottle and just 
if you only have a little change, that's okay, it all adds up. But if you're able to support them in a bigger way, they're doing really good work in our community and really hard work in our community. And again, we're one body, not all of us can do that. Meet with those people who are making those choices, who are put in a position where they just don't know what to do, but they are. And so we want to be the hands and feet through them. And uh, yeah, if you, I'm sure you do, I'm sure you have thoughts and feelings on all of the things I just said, and you can, you know, talk to me after. I would love to encourage you and pray with you in that. And again, if that's you, if you've used them, if you've talked to them, if you've made that choice, um, shame off you. <laughs> God loves you, okay? And uh, we want to support you and walk with you. And it's Mother's Day, so um, maybe that's hard for you. And again, we want to walk with you and love you and support you. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you knit us together as a local body. Not only did you individually create and craft us and knit us together in our mother's womb, but you have just created this local body. And we get to be the hands, the feet, and, and the belly button. We get to be it all. But not one of us is more important in your eyes. We get to serve one another and our community together. So God, help us to just lay down our pride. Help us to be bold and use what little gift we offer. Whatever it is, God, would we just give it to you as an act of worship? And would you honor and bless our efforts so that we would reach this community with your gospel message? Help us to be good neighbors to those who don't know you, but also to the other churches who love Jesus within this community. And just bring us together for your name's sake. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that you are pursuing men and women who are struggling with heavy questions regarding what to do in their lives. Whether that's any type of crisis. But right now we see abortion in the headlines. And so we just ask that you would send people their way that would love them and point them to you. And wouldn't shame or guilt them but would just be filled with grace and truth. And God, that we would be a true light to those people and that we would be able to support our pregnancy center so that they can do the hard work that we're not all called to do. But we can all give and pray and support one another. And so help us as we do that over this next month and throughout the year. And we all pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I would encourage you to stand. Let's uh, worship the Lord together with one last song and then be blessed this week. Make sure you check out our website and I look forward to just worshiping and being with you again next Sunday.